ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> On this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to do an album review. Um, at the time of this recording, it is still hip hop month. Uh, we've deemed this hip hop week. I told you um, a few episodes ago that we would be featuring um, some album reviews, some albums that I haven't talked about yet. They haven't hit any anniversaries, but just random albums um, that I wanted to talk about that I was a fan of that, um, you know, I listened to at a particular time in my life. And this album that I'm going to talk about on this episode is no different. It actually falls under all of those categories. A supremely dope album. The album is entitled License to Ill by the b-e-a-s-t-i-e boys the beastie boys man listen this album here uh this album and i go way back um this album was released november 15th 1986 so before i start talking about the album let me tell you where i was in 1986 at this particular time um i was about to turn 14 or turn 14 uh december 9th 1986 um so i was 13 at the time that it came out and i want to say i was in eighth grade i think um i don't know don't give me the line <laughs> um but yeah th this album i was I, I i didn't know much about it um i do remember hearing a few singles on the radio or maybe a single or two on the radio but um, I remember distinctly actually purchasing this tape um, because the first single that was out, I want to say that I heard was Hold It Now, Hit It. And it sounded so different from what we were used to. Now, let me go back a little bit even further. Rap, because it wasn't called hip hop at the time. Rap for me was like an addiction. Um, it was something that I was yearning and craving daily because it was all new. Um, you know, as hip hop has turned 50 this month at the time of this recording, um, I've mentioned on a previous podcast that, you know, how we just really fell in love with music, this particular genre of music. Well, I've said it before and it's worth repeating hip-hop at this particular time or let me just say rap at this particular time was so addictive because one it wasn't readily available and then two um honestly you just didn't know if and when it was going to leave and the reason why i say that is because it was pushed by some or at least mentioned by some that it was only going to be a fad it was going to be here today, gone tomorrow. It's going to go away like dis disco and breaking. And so we we just, and myself in particular, it was something that I yearned to do and listen to any chance I got. You could not, you could not just turn on the radio and hear rap. Um, by this time, 1986, radio stations were starting to come around. Some, 
not all. You know, if you were fortunate enough to live in a college town or a big city or something like that, then maybe you might get, you know, rap on the weekends at <laughs> midnight, you know, the um, red alerts and the uh, WBLSs of the world. Um, uh, Mr. Magic, Marley Mall, those those type of radio personalities that did play rap. But I mean, I grew up in Florence, South Carolina, so there was no there was no Mr. Magic, there was no DJ Red Alert. But on my hometown radio, um, Win One Hundred Six, shout out to Win One Hundred Six. Um, by this time, they were starting to play some rap, and you couldn't get it. If I remember correctly. You could hear rap like after nine o'clock. I mean, so even that concept of getting rap music at a certain time, like you had to tune into the radio at nine o'clock or after nine o'clock to hear rap. Um, and one of the rap, one of the rap songs that I remember hearing on the radio was Hold It Now, Hit It by the Beastie Boys. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um when the Beastie Boys, when I first heard them on the radio, I had not seen a video. I had not seen any marketing campaign. I had not even seen their album cover, right? So just listening to Hold It Now, Hit It on the radio, I, <laughs> a young, young, a very young 12 Kyle, a teenage 12 Kyle, I did not know that the Beastie Boys were white. Not that it mattered, because it's rap. I mean, in rap, we didn't care about this stuff. And to be honest, there weren't really there weren't really a lot of white rappers. But I thought I, I didn't think that they were white. I didn't know that they were white. And I thought Hold It Now Hit it was such a dope song. And I jammed to it. But it wasn't until the video came out that I realized that the Beastie Boys were white. Um, as strange as that may sound, I, I, I had no idea. And so you have to go back even further with first and foremost, their album cover, the album cover for the album license to ill is a picture of a plane and on the plane, the artwork, it's a, it's a, um, I guess it's a, uh, American airlines, Boeing 727, the beastie boys logos on the tail. And it is crashed inside of it crashed into the side of a mountain. Um, and the, you just see the tail of the plane, the Def Jam logo, and the registration number is three M T three, which spells eat me when it's viewed in the mirror. So I thought that, that was kind of dope, but they don't appear on the album cover. So again, I had no way of knowing that. I just assumed they were black. Uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, white artists played on black radio, at least in my hometown. So I was just left to assume that they were black. And again, it didn't matter to me one way or the other because they were dope. But I do remember going to raise records in my hometown of Florence, South Carolina. And um, I actually purchased this tape. And I want to say this tape was $7.99 at the time, which... For a kid who got a $10 allowance, <laughs> uh, that was a lot of money, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, a, a week's worth of allowance, or maybe two weeks worth of allowance is 
now gone, basically. Uh, and so, you know, as a fan, you know, you want, if you're going to spend your money on music, it better be good. Especially if you're spending your money on music that you don't know much about. Because by the time I purchased this tape, um, I didn't get it the first day that it came out. But they had already released the singles for Hold It Now, Hit It, Paul Revere, and New Style. All of this was getting played on the radio at different times. But um, once I heard Paul Revere, I was like, yo, I'm in. I, I mean, like, I got to get this tape. I didn't want to get a dub. I wanted this tape. So I went to Ray's record store. Um, my mom took me and um, <laughs> dropped me off. <laughs> and they came back to get me and... Um, which reminds me, we used to, and that's one of the things I loved about hip hop back, rap back then. Um, we used to spend an enormous amount of time in record stores. Uh, ask anybody uh, that's fifty <laughs> or what, for between probably forty and fifty and and older, they probably spend if they're music lovers or hip hop lovers for that matter, they probably spend a lot of time in record stores. Uh, and and I was one as well, but um. Bought the tape, and again, not knowing that they were white, I had only heard a couple of singles, but I was literally blown away. This tape rocked from front to back, side to side. Um, it got a lot of airplay, man. It got a lot of airplay. Um, this album would be what the I want to say it was the second album. The second rap album to go platinum. I don't think it went platinum back then in 86, but it went platinum over a period of time. And um, this album to date has gone diamond, meaning it's sold at least 10 million copies. Um, and the Beastie Boys, three dudes from out of New York. Um, the Beastie Boys were uh, MCA, Ad Rock, and Mike D. And um, they were just different, man. They they were really, really different. Um, and they were widely accepted. Uh, rap was very encompassing back then. Like, we didn't care if you were a woman. We didn't care if you were black. We didn't care if you were white. We didn't care if you, you know, had a thorn sticking out of your head. If you could rap and you were dope, that's all that mattered. And I think that's one of the things that old heads like me really appreciate about that particular time because when you came out or when your album dropped, it had to be good. And that's not to say that everybody had dope music. I don't want to say that, <laughs> that it weren't some duds, but there was so much pressure on the artist to deliver good music or at least music that the fans would appreciate and think was good music. It's totally different from how it is now where, you know, it doesn't really matter because music is so readily available that, you know, if you drop, if I, if I dropped an album tomorrow, um, as MC wingtips and <laughs> you like four of my songs on my 12 song album, that's all that matters. You'll probably put those songs on your little workout playlist or whatever, your chill playlist and you'll keep it moving. And I'll probably try to tour off my album 
And as MC wingtips, I'll probably have a two or three year career if I'm hot, you know. And then you'll move on and I will too. And that's kind of the cycle of where we end. But 86 was totally different. You had to be dope. And then the Beastie Boys were coming on Def Jam. Def Jam was the label in rap back then. Um, and the album was produced by the legendary Rick Rubin. Um, now, in doing my research, I, I did not know this. Uh, fun fact, the Beastie Boys weren't going to originally name this album License to Ill. They wanted to name this album, and I quote, don't be a faggot. Close quote. Yeah, but no. <laughs> While that could have happened, or you could have said or used that type of language in 1986, uh, Columbia Records, which is where uh, the Beastie Boys were signed, uh, said, hell no. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're, it's homophobic. We're not going to do that. And so that made Russell Simmons, who was the head of Def Jam at the time, tell them like, hey, look, we, you guys got to change that. You can't. <laughs> We're not going to call this album that. But I did not know that. Um, nonetheless, uh, this album, again, was released 1985. I'm excuse me, 1986, November 15, 1986. Um, Def Jam Columbia. Uh, they released, according to this article, they released seven singles. Now, there's only 13 tracks. So half of the album got released released as singles. Um, and it was written by the Beastie Boys. And it's a dope album. The album starts off with rhyming and stealing. Uh, probably uh, one of my favorites, track two, The New Style. Uh, track three was She's Crafty. Track four, Posse in Effect. Track five, Slow Ride. Track six, The Ever Popular Girls. And track seven, Fight for Your Right. Now, let me stop there. Fight for Your Right became a huge crossover single for them. Fight for Your Right got the Beastie Boys on MTV. And for a rapper to make it on MTV, that was huge. Because... At the time, there was no Yo MTV Raps. Uh, there was no Rap City. So for your video to get airplay on MTV was huge for a rap artist. Now, it goes without saying that because of the sound of the song and how the video looks, I mean, they definitely capitalized on the fact that these were some white rappers and who could really rap. And, you know, the song has a rock and roll of a feel, feel to it. So, naturally, it would be on MTV. No, I'm not mad at that. Um, so, that's side A. Side B, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. It's track eight. Track nine, Paul Revere, which is my joint. Uh, track 10, the aforementioned Hold It Now, Hit It. Track 11, Brass Monkey. <laughs> Listen. Brass Monkey is probably my second favorite song on the album. Brass Monkey still bangs to this day. 
Um, then you got track 12, Slow and Low. And the album ends with Time to Get Ill. Um, this album has a total runtime of 44 minutes and 33 seconds. So it's not a long album. Actually, it's probably about as long. That's probably about as long as you would want an album today. Um, back then, it seemed like it was a long album, but relatively speaking, because but hip hop was a rap, if you will, was growing to the point where you could make a 40 minute album. Um, if this album came out in 1984, if it was 44 minutes, they'd have to cut 10, 15 minutes off the album because albums just weren't that long. They didn't give you that many songs. Um, but the album, in my opinion, uh, was dope back then and it's still dope to this day. Um, the Beastie Boys made history and the Beastie Boys were widely accepted. They weren't looked at as a novelty act because of their race, but they did obviously open the door for someone like Eminem. Um, but again, it was just funny to me that I didn't know that, that I thought that they were black. But in rap, particularly in 1986, we didn't care. The music, again, wasn't readily available. So if they made the music available to you and it was dope, it was dope. That was it. Like we didn't, we didn't care. We were just happy to get the music. And one of the things I love about this album is, is that the Beastie Boys were themselves. They were authentic. They weren't trying to be black. They weren't trying to quote unquote sound black if there's such a thing. Um, they just made something that was dope. And this album started them on their trajectory as being one of the best and one of the most uh, idolized groups in hip hop, particularly at the time, because, you know, they, they came out of nowhere. Literally, at least for me, they did. This is their first, they did an album before this, but this was their first studio album. Um, but the Beastie Boys uh, will always remain a staple of Def Jam. They will always remain um, a part of hip hop. Um, as many of you know or don't know, uh, unfortunately, you know, they lost a member. Um, MCA passed away, I want to say from cancer, I think, in 2012. But um, the Beastie Boys are still dope. If you had not, if you have not had a chance, um, go check out this album. Uh, this album did get the vaunted, <laughs> the controversial five mics in the source. Is it a five mic album? I wouldn't give it five mics. I think it's, I think it's a four mic album, but it's extremely dope, even to this day. But back then, nobody, no, nobody had anything that sounded like this. So. In the grand scheme of things, I get it, you know. Um, but nonetheless, if you have not had a chance to listen to this album when you're finished this podcast, do yourself a favor, go and listen to it. It is dope, like I said, from start to finish. Um, you know, you can't take anything away from what they did. They kicked down a door, and even by getting on MTV, that opened the doors up for other artists to come through and it definitely helped that you know they were dope 
and they were just as wild in their videos as they were in real i mean in real life as they were in their videos and um this album like i said still bangs to this day and i'm glad as we recognize hip-hop week as we celebrate 50 years of hip-hop uh i'm glad that i got a chance to do this episode just so i could tell you about another dope album that i that i grew up on and i still think that the world of and, and this album even in playing it now um it takes me back to my bedroom takes me back to my bedroom uh in florence south carolina sitting with my headphones on just jamming and uh put it on and give it a spin i'm sure you'll jam the same uh that's gonna do it for me ladies and gentlemen thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 kyle podcast be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already um you can find the podcast on any uh podcast reader uh we're on them all uh there's a video there's videos of all of the episodes um on youtube go to youtube.com backslash 12 kyle uh and subscribe there as well uh if you feel inclined hit me up send some money to me uh to support the podcast on cash app dollar sign t-w-e-l-v-e K-Y-L-E. Again, that's going to do it for me. Celebrating Hip Hop Month. Celebrating Hip Hop Turning 50. This has been a review. An album review of License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. I'm your boy 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.